This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Chase Thomas podcast. Joining me, as she usually does now, on Mondays, but not Monday because we're <laughs> recording this on a Tuesday night and she's laughing because it is entirely her fault that she missed week three of work. It's uh, it's on me. I'm going to take the responsibility this time. Totally on me. But I mean, what's better than talking about college football on a Monday than talking about it on a Tuesday? I mean, it can only be better, right? It's the right attitude. <laughs> yeah. Um, I hope you used the last 24 hours. You got extra time to prepare, so I hope you have a bunch of great uh, new Hawaii takes. Um, that, uh, You know, I knew you were going to go there, but I was going to start off by saying that's the one team that I just continued continually just like put my foot down and I just I'm it's more protesting you than anything I actually watched a little bit of Kennesaw State this weekend so I did take a step forward in your direction just not the Hawaii direction I'm sorry I'm sorry you watched Kennesaw voluntarily well a little bit I, How do you I'm, even watch Kennesaw right I now? I um, may have just like I, f- I find illegal, illegal streams all the time you know. say stream. We don't have to just put the word illegal in front of it. There's legal streams. It could have been well, legal. Yes. Actually, for the purposes of this podcast, it was it's a very totally legal. legal. It's legal yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I definitely have that on pull. Um, but yeah, I got to watch a little bit of Kennesaw State, but I did not get to watch Hawaii. I'm sorry, Chase. What's the latest on Hawaii? Anything that I need catching up with? So they beat Powerhouse De Quincey. Okay. I'm not even sure awesome. if I'm pronouncing that name right. <laughs> um, it's like... As you know, we learned this weekend that Old Dominion, powerhouse number one. Oh, baby. Yes, powerhouse number one. But to Quincy, maybe powerhouse number two. Just because, you know what? They put up 21 points on Hawaii, which is no small feat, and uh, held Hawaii to 42 points, which is shout out to them for doing a great job slowing down one of the best uh, offenses in the country. And just Cole McDonald. Throwing for 273 yards. You and Cole McDonald. It's just a bromance in the making, you know? Honestly, if I can get him on the podcast, if I had to rank like Joe Montana, Tom Brady. Cole McDonald's um, definitely number one. Oh, 100%. It goes Cole McDonald one, Rex Grossman two. Baker Mayfield three. Baker. Okay. You know what? Props to Baker. I just want to, I want to go ahead and say that. That's one of the notes that I had over the weekend. Obviously, he's not in college football anymore, but... Just what he's been able to do from walk on at, te- you know, Texas, well, Texas Tech. Texas Tech, yeah. And then it was Oklahoma. Then it's Heisman. And now he's won over, granted, it's the Cleveland job. But just shout out to Baker. Just got to give him some love. But we have to be careful because if you listen to um, Jason McIntyre on Colin Coward show on Friday. Oh, God. Bill Simmons pointed this out on the latest Bill Simmons podcast that uh, apparently him walking to the podium with his uh, phone in hand and looking at his phone after the win on Thursday was a bad luck. And uh, we should be concerned that this uh, 
very young kid was on his uh, phone after a big one. Oh man! Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, I'm glad we're worried about the right things. Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely something that the Cleveland Browns organization really needs to be worried about. I mean, it was you know substance abuse for a lot of the players. That was really the main focus. Um, but now it's just looking at phones after the games. But I guess you have to. You can't blame like Cleveland fans for just being sort of pessimistic about everything, you know, because everything always goes the opposite way of Cleveland. But anyways, this is NFL talk. So, but college football and the back of that, we were just talking about, of course, uh, Cole McDonald. What a way to start off the college football podcast, Jace. I mean, at this point, I'm probably (laughs) going to start every week with Cole McDonald slash Hawaii updates. Really, Cole McDonald is Hawaii at this point. I will will bend for you week four. I will give you my Mm -hmm. Hawaii and Cole McDonald analysis uh, after this next week. Who's Hawaii facing? That's a good question. Let me pull it up. As the number one fan, I should put this (laughs) on top of my head. You should, Chase. In front of me. So I'm going to pull this up while you tell me who Kennesaw was playing this weekend and why. Uh, Clark Atlanta. Clark Atlanta, huge game. Actually, no. Yeah, actually, they do. And I believe the final score was like 70 to 13. Um, Definitely not a good game by anything. But Shaq Terry, the running back, he stiff armed a guy so hard three different times while running down the field. I just had to get on, you know, just uh, my all praise for him. It was like a beautiful run. And uh, yeah, Shaquille Terry. Kennesaw State okay. University running back. It was really Great. one of the greatest runs in college football this past week. I'll say oh, that. Was it? No, I mean, the really. Run this- yes, okay. I'm telling you. If anybody is listening, please go and YouTube Shaq Terry run against Clark Atlanta. It will come up. Or it may be in this. If anybody is listening, are you assuming that I have zero listeners? Well, no, it's to me. Bury the lead, Jordan. No, no, I'm saying if anybody's listening to me, I'm a new voice. Mm. You got to gain people's respect. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know what you shouldn't do to do that is downplay Cole McDonald's importance to college football and just Hawaii's dominance. Yes, Chase. Yes. Mm -hmm. But speaking of dominance, I mean the fact that Old Dominion just dominated, dominated. Virginia Tech. Did you not want to find out who Hawaii is playing? This I'm game? waiting. I'm just waiting. I'm waiting. They're on the road at San Jose State. So the Spartans, mm. uh, not great. One of the worst teams in college football this year. Uh, it's going to be an easy win. So you can watch, I don't know, maybe 56 on San Jose State this weekend. But it's not televised. So you can find a very, very Legal. capital I, capital L, dash that out, <laughs> legal stream. Perfect. All right. Well, you know what? Okay. Well, I'll be watching for that San Jose State Hawaii game. Cole McDonald's going to throw for five touchdowns over 550 yards. Can you tell me why Virginia Tech agreed to play at Old Dominion? I I do not understand that. Are they just on the bone because it's close by and they're like, so they're kind of like a spinoff of. Uh, William and Mary, and I learned all this over the weekend because I did not uh, know much about Old Dominion. I had to Google where. Baysmore. Yeah, where I had Kent to Baysmore went there, and that's okay. the extent of my knowledge with Old Dominion. Mm-hmm. I had well, <laughs> I had nothing. I had to Google school. where it was. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, that mm-hmm. makes sense. And now it's not. So, uh, great name though. Old Dominion's like one of those. If you put on your resume, they assume it's Ivy League. <laughs> if people aren't that, all that familiar with the Ivy League, 
uh, it just sounds really important. It, it does. It does. And okay, did you ever, did you hear the story about Blake LaRussa, La the quarterback for Old Dominion? His the like, backup who went in. Yes, yes. Okay, so basically, obviously they did that with the backup. So backup quarterback Blake, he grew up a Virginia Tech fan. His whole family grew up Virginia Tech fans. And his brother told him before the game, listen, dude, I'm, I'm going for the Hokies. I'm going to be cheering for them. Unless you go in, I'll root for you then. Well, of course, That's isn't that a bad brother I, move? I know. I felt a little bit bad for him, but granted, it's you know, if my sister went to go or my brother went to go play for Georgia Tech, and I'm a Georgia fan, I would definitely root for Georgia unless he was like. Would some, you really? Probably, yeah, yeah. Oh wow! I mean, you know, fandom just runs deep. I understand. I'm not saying that it's a bad Family brother first, move, Jordan. I mean, yeah, it does, but so does Georgia football. No, they both can't come first. You would hear, <laughs> oh my God, cold-blooded. I mean, it makes you a great fan, but no. I, if my brother was the starting quarterback at Alabama, I'd still cheer for him no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's good of you, Chase. You're a good person. <laughs> I mean, learning a lot about you tonight. You know, I well, Watching I sort of I upgraded. Kennesaw, I upgraded. Your, I'm uh, imaginary siblings because I don't think you have a brother. You have no, a I sister. don't. I don't. Yeah. I have a sister, no brother, but that's why it's you know all just um basically just a, a dream. Like nothing's set in stone. I, who's to say that I'll actually do that? But more than likely, that's what would happen. No, no, no. I said more than likely. Claim. More than likely, that is exactly what would happen. I would totally root for Georgia. I okay. can't help it. I can't help I mean, it. You can. You could just be a better sister, but um, it's it's your choice. <sighs> well, you know what? That's just what it is. I uh, that's what fandom is. So I guess I side with Blake Larusa's brother on that right. fact. I mean, for him, it, they only had a one point eight percent chance of winning. So the fact that it actually had to happen that way is just sort of surprising in that sense. <laughs> I just. My first note was, why are they playing in Old Dominion? (laughs) That's just a bet. Like, that's just asking for disaster where it's like, I understand that they're close by and it's just, it it really is just like throwing them a bum. This is why you don't do that. Like, I don't think this happens in Virginia Tech. So did they still get paid for that game? Oh. They got paid to beat Virginia Tech, yes. And they got paid to beat them at home. Mm Mm-hmm. Interesting. And like half the fans were Virginia Tech fans. If you like looked at the stadium, right? No, like, I know. Nobody was really like cheering. It was kind of sad <laughs> because it just it was a really weird look and everything else. And then we saw like the weird Army Oklahoma streams of people just being kind of stunned that what was going on. It was a lot of like. Well, Old Dominion oh, was zero and three before going into that game, right? right? Yeah, I mean, it was it was like that. I mean, besides the fact that they were facing a ranked team, they were zero and three going into that game. I mean, that's just, I just, I mean, what does that say about Virginia Tech? I mean, Virginia Tech's had a really bad week. They had to also let go one of, the, I think he was definitely the leading tackler, uh, Trevin, Traven Hill. Uh, they had mm-hmm. to let him go. Yeah. yeah. And that was, I mean, I tried to get in on like, you know, the Reddit rumor streams and just trying to read up on why people thought. I mean, basically, I think he just... I mean, anybody would be upset after that loss. And I think it was, you know, second, third strike of just losing maybe emotions after the game and just getting into it with somebody. But sad situation there because that guy was definitely NFL caliber talent. And, you know. Maybe it's the Vontae Davis effect, even though the... Wait, no, this happened the week after because that happened, what, last last Sunday, I want to say? I think so. 
Right, because they won this week, and he didn't leave at halftime for yeah, that's right. Because um, the Bills had like pulled off. Oh yeah, that off was a really big upset in Minnesota. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. But Vontae Davis quit the team last week at, at halftime. Yeah, and uh, maybe this is something that catches on. Who knows? With the transfer rules now coming into well, effect, apparently week. you heard what happened at Tennessee, right? That Quatori's or Corday Sap, um, mm-hmm. he left in the like second or third quarter. He was asked to leave, apparently. Jeremy Pruitt yeah. said he was asked to leave, but I that's a whole sketchy sketchy situation. Right? Really? I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Um, um what'd you make of him kicking the whiteboard? <laughs> that is what uh Tennessee football is right now. It's just a puddle of frustration and um a glass case of emotion. That's Can basically... you just stop overreacting to all these first year coaches. I just I, just... I mean, here's the thing. You can't like that's a huge rivalry, like Florida, Tennessee, like losing the way they did. I think what six turnovers. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just that can't happen. I mean, you that is a situation where you should be able to overreact. I mean, that's sort of like it, not as bad as the forty-one to nothing loss last year to Georgia, but forty-seven points against Florida, who was up to this point sort of inept on offense and you allow that all to happen. I mean, granted the Florida offense didn't score as many points. It was more the defense, you know, from turnovers, but it just, I mean, it's just a really, really bad look for Tennessee fans. You do see other coaches that are having more success than Tennessee. Right. I just, I mean, Chip Kelly is off to a terrible Well, start. and Scott Frost. Sumlin, yeah. Scott Frost. Like I just, I think year two matters significantly more than year one. It's just a lot of, um, I forgot who I was listening to talk about this on a podcast a couple weeks ago that basically a lot of these head coaches look at year one as just like an experimental year where they can get rid of players that don't fit their system. Right. They can just get a feel. They can do whatever because they know that no matter what, they're not getting fired after year one. So they can, I mean, UCLA is playing like an insane amount of freshmen right now. No, yeah, no, they are. Young, yeah. And they're going to lose a lot of games. And I think Chip Kelly doesn't care because ultimately he's going to be judged on what he does in year two and year three. And I think Clay, Hel- uh, Clay Helton is uh, already experiencing that now where he's been around at USC long enough where, uh-oh, we're in trouble and he might get fired because um, expectations rise right. the longer you're there. And if you recruit well, people have higher expectations and all that kind of stuff. That's going to happen at Tennessee because I think Jeremy Pruitt's going to recruit well and they're going to get talent. I mean, Clay Helton's brother is their offensive coordinator. And I, I mean, Charles Kelly came over from Florida State and I think he's like their defensive line or special teams coach i want to say so i mean they're going to recruit it's, and they're going to get players and they're going to find their way into top 15 and then we'll see what ha- what he does with talent he just doesn't have talent yet a lot of people left like he could have had adrian martinez who transferred away or i don't think he transferred i guess he just re- uh, decommitted from tennessee once butch jones was fired and went to nebraska and we saw what he did when he was healthy just like johnny manzel like running all over the place and just a future Heisman contender. They have him playing under center this year. Maybe they're a lot more fun. Like there's just so many variables that I just, I don't overreact. Right. I, here's my thing. I'm not overreacting to Jeremy Pruitt. I think Jeremy Pruitt will eventually get the job done, but for fans, you have to think about it. They lost 10 straight games to power five opponents. Okay. That's, that's dagger number one in the heart, right? Think about this. You haven't beaten an sec opponent since 2016. Mm-hmm. That. I mean, the overreaction from that standpoint, I don't I think it's they're overreacting at where their program is. 
like I think post Butch Jones, like really sort of being smacked in the face of, okay, this is reality. This is where we are. I don't think it's necessarily overreaction to Jeremy Pruitt because I think we all know the type of coach Jeremy Pruitt is, the type of like hard nosed tackling that his defense is going to become. He's, you know, been with some of the greatest offensive minds around him. So he's going to be able to do that. And once he gets his guys in the system, it's going to work out. But like where the state of the Tennessee program is, I can totally understand where the, the fans are coming from. I'll say this. I'm less concerned about Jeremy Pruitt's job status and what he's going to be able to do at Tennessee than I am um, Auburn giving out quotes that their offense is still a work in progress. <laughs> How can their offense still be a work in progress? That's Tell me that. Question. Like, wait, you're telling me you got the top like transfer player in the history of transfer players so far with Jared Stidham going to Auburn from Baylor mm-hmm. and you still oh, don't. I, I would be careful as a Georgia fan talking about transfer superstars that should be doing more. You stop. Grayson Lambert will not enter this. Oh, I, I'm not even talking about Grayson Lambert. Demetrius Robertson. Yeah. Um, no, but here's the thing. He's got it. Well, actually he's going to be coming in this season or this next mm-hmm. game. Cause Tyler Simmons is hurt. But the thing right. is you got to understand he's coming. He was out of shape when he got to Georgia. He was not, of shape he was getting sick at practice and then you've got to learn a whole new playbook so i mean there's things that are good and kirby smart is definitely not going to put out anybody out there that is not ready to block and that doesn't have the playbook down i mean there's just too many wide receivers on the roster to you know to do that but i think he's going to come in he's going to make some really big impacts games down the road where when he's ready to come in but there's no sense of rushing him out there when he's not ready why does it feel like Georgia lost by like 17 points this week? Oh God, it was so ugly. I had to take a stress shower in the middle of the game. Like I literally had to go like take a shower. Can you tell and... me what a, sh- wait, did you call it a stress shower? What is yes, that? Yes. Like is we're, that a thing? I mean, I don't know. I may have created it, but during okay. the game, you got to go like just wash off all of this just nasty play. Like it was just disgusting. Sloppy. Oh my the interception okay. from like Jake. From, oh my God. The first interception he threw, I was like, what are you doing, child? Like I wanted, oh, it was terrible. Mm. But just from, I don't know, just from the injuries to the penalties to the lack of being able to run the ball. I don't know whether Missouri is a lot better team than what people are giving them credit for. We know the offense, but the offense we know can put up numbers, but like how bad was Georgia's offensive line playing then the fact that they couldn't run the ball against Missouri. That's what scares me. I mean, they're hurt. I mean, they lost their left guard now and they're having a mix and match guys. So I I know, but part of the problem but when you but put them, I'm not worried about like they still scored a lot of points. They still were fine. Like they they won by double digits. I like, know. I just I know. I don't understand the overreaction. This, this <laughs> is what I would say is why Georgia's in such good shape right now, and maybe the best shape they've been in in 30 years is fans are pissed off about winning by double digits on the road. Well, you have to think about it. You have to be Alabama standards. And like Alabama right now, it's Alabama and everybody else. So, Well, I would say it's Alabama and Ohio State. I'm still not giving Ohio State. Ohio State to this point. What more do you want Dwayne Haskins to do? I mean, he's completing like almost 80% of his passes. I know. He is definitely, he is definitely, at my point, he is definitely top two for Heisman right now. Definitely. But I'm saying to this point, TCU is the best competition that they've faced. And to me, that's not really saying very much. Yeah, exactly. I think that this weekend against Penn State to see what that's going to do. I I have Ohio State over Penn State. So I think that Ohio State will get the job done. I think we're going to see how good of a team they are truly this weekend. Okay. 
Um, we learned that Temple is better than Tulsa this past week. Which mm. was, I thought really important to see Jeff Collins get a nice win at home on a Thursday night. Uh, they Temple does really good, I feel like, on Thursday night games. I can remember a couple years ago when they upset Derek Mason in his first game of the year on a Thursday night. Right. Yeah, that was a heartbreaker for me. You're, I don't I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to bring it up. I'm so sad about that game. Will Muschamp just won that one outright. Vandy looked terrible. I think the two teams in the SEC I hate talking about the most <laughs> is South Carolina and LSU. I hate those teams so much and just the hype that surrounds them and I like, am over the LSU hype after one week. Mm, okay. What changed? Yeah, I don't know. I just, I, well, the fact that they let Louisiana Tech come back in the game, that's sort of what changed it. I, you know, I think they have two good, well, we think that they're two good wins. We don't even know how much of a bad team or a good team Miami really is. I don't really think they're a good team at all. I think they're more on the bad spectrum. But I, Are you we know, sure they would have lost that game if they did not start Malik Rogier in week one because they made the change. This right. Week no, and, I don't. Uh, I think Miami. Off. Yeah, I think. I think Miami would have won that game if they would have known better. I, okay. I truly do. I don't know that, but I would say that they would be, there's just, you can tell it's just different. Like they're just better. Yeah. I I mean, I just, to, to that point, I think Miami is definitely trending into the right direction. But at that time, you know, you think about it and that was looking back, maybe not that good of a win. And then I, I don't know. I just, I just to to me it's just not that impressive. You know, Auburn, I really don't I I don't know what's up with Auburn. Um I don't know how good of a team they are. I really think that's I don't think they know. I, I well, apparently because they're still trying to trend right in in the right direction on offense. I cannot believe he said that. Gus Malzahn, just, do you think he's going to be fired after this season if No, I think he's got to I mean, if anyone got fired it'd be Chip Lindsay. I just, they're so quick to fire coaches too. And I don't understand why they're hanging on to Gus Malzahn as long as they are. Cause I don't I think mean, so. I still like Gus Malzahn. I'm still like, they still recruit well enough. And I love Kevin Steele as DC. And I think he's adjusted in the way they've. So one of the things that's important to note is that like, they're still very successful and they beat Washington and the brand of football that they're playing now versus when he when like they had the Rhett Lashley and uh, Nick Marshall years where they were a lot more fun, a lot more spread out, did a lot more cool stuff. Now it's like a blend of Nick Marshall and like Sean White and Jason Campbell. And uh, it's, it's just like, it's smash mouth football that they can play because the only way you can win with this is if you have top 10 talent, like to play this kind of football, like if you don't have the bodies in the four and five star athletes, this doesn't work and it's really ugly and it's really awful. And I mean, just look at Arkansas with Brett Bielma and what they try to do. It just, it doesn't work if you don't have the right guys. It works for Auburn because Auburn gets superstars every year. Right. The problem with this is it's awful to watch. And two, like it's, it's helping their defense because they're not scoring at an insane pace where the defense has to be on the field it's a lot. It's going to be, so they're saving, right. Yeah. So I feel like he has made a shift where it's like, I can't screw over my DC and Kevin Steele and wear my defense out late in games. I mean, you saw the Falcons on Sunday. They were extremely oh. gassed. They were running out of bodies oh, because God. they kept scoring. And that was just a fest. And when you have teams like that where it's too much one way, you can see how it feels a little gimmicky and it screws over. The, I mean, except if you're Bama problem in a nutshell. <laughs> well, 
Bama, even still, they don't. I mean, they are they're happy to run the ball with Najee Harris and everybody else, but they just right. haven't been able to right now. Well, they're struggling to run the football. I, like, think, I think Tua actually led them in rushing this week. If yeah, correctly, I think that's correct. I think with Auburn though too, they're missing Carry On Johnson. You know, I think uh, yeah, I think they're really missing that dynamic type of runner because I mean that's a guy. I mean, as much as people talked about Jared Stidham last season, Carry On Johnson kept them in ball games, won them oh, ball he's games. A much last better year. player. Yeah, Carry yeah. On was a much more important asset to Auburn's season last year than Jarrett Stidham. I would agree with that. And Jarrett just hasn't been as good as he was a year ago. He's still a very good quarterback. Um, I just wonder if mentally how good of a quarterback he is, like handling the pressure. Because with Bay- with him at Baylor, I mean, it was a completely different... I mean, I mean, it's a different conference, a, a different... like. L- there's not as much limelight on Baylor as there is at Auburn. I feel like just stakes are higher in the SEC, and I wonder if he really can handle it. And I say that, and he, you know, came through in the Georgia game last year, obviously. But it's like when it comes down to those big games, he's sort of choked it away. Stidham's not my concern. I'm not really worried about him. I'm more worried about them not being more proactive in expanding the offense, doing more cool stuff. Like Schwartz should be involved far more than he Agreed. is. Like the way that UGA is using Hardman, Schwartz should be used in the basically the exact same way and it's crazy to me that like uh jim cheney is putting together more compelling offensive sets than i and Gus yeah. on. that should never be the case yeah because i i um at first did not think cheney was very creative and that was the biggest jump from year one to year two for him was just the type of play calling that he was doing i mean the the right. creativity that he was using players because that's the thing when you're playing at these big schools when you do have the four and five star talent you better figure out a way to use them correctly and if you do, then you can have those top teams on offense. And that's what Georgia's figured out. And Auburn's still trying to figure out how to do correctly. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, they'll, I mean, they'll be fine. That's the frustrating part about all of it. It's like, they're still just going to win at least nine or 10 games. It's just, they're not good enough offensively where it's like, they just stall out against too good of defenses. And it's just, it's going to be a problem. Like Arkansas sucks. So it just doesn't matter in weeks like that, but when they have to play Texas A&M and teams like that, it's just going to be really ugly, really awful. And fans are going to get more and more frustrated because they're like, we have too much talent on offense for us to just be doing this like slow plotting, like Mike Malarkey in the Tennessee. Oh God, Mike Malarkey. Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's basically what we run. Yeah. uh, Yeah. But I mean, you have to think about it. I really think that just not having as much of a run game present really does put a damper on things because then it's all you know, Jared said I'm making plays downfield or trying to make a play out of the pocket. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's interesting. So what do you think about Ian book and uh, <laughs> Notre Dame? I'm really kind of upset that I can't talk about Brandon Wimbush anymore, but at the same time, Ian book, I... <laughs> I, I, friend of the pod, Mike Renner of pro football focus and bachelor contestant. He uh, made the comparison of like, cause I didn't realize Tommy Reese is the quarterbacks coach for Notre Dame now. And you could have told me it was Brady Quinn, Jimmy Clausen. Oh, love, love Brady Reggie. Quinn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Good guy. He's a future guy to have on the show at some point. We'll make it happen. Well, let me Brady. know. Yeah. Okay. Calm down. Ne- never mind. Resend that one from the record. <laughs> Can't have you on with Brady Quinn. I might get a little uh, distracted. Anyways, go ahead. Okay. So we're talking uh, quarterback <laughs> coach. Um, funny story. In high school, yeah. we made a dream board in our language arts class, and he was on my dream board. But anyways... Wait, what? Uh, Brady what Quinn. That? I don't know. I think it was like a language arts, like or English. There's I, no way the assignment was dream board. Who do you think about a lot? And <laughs> well, it wasn't. Like but Quinn. no, I had like a dream board, and he was just part of it. 
But anyways, uh, okay. One of the greatest quarterbacks, college quarterbacks of all time. What teacher was this? Um, I don't know. I think it was senior year, junior year. It was language arts. Mm. Okay. Yeah. But anyways, okay. So we're talking about a quarterback coach. Yeah. Oh, Tommy Reese. Yeah. So Ian Book and oh yeah, and Renner made the comparison of like like have you seen that Spider Man meme where it's like they're pointing at each other? It's the same Spider Man, and um, basically he did that with Tommy Reese and Ian Book. And it uh, was the funniest thing I saw on Saturday because it really is like watching Tommy Reese from like five years ago at Notre Dame. Like it's fine. Like he's not an NFL quarterback or anything, but like he is such an upgrade over Brandon Wimbush. Oh, to complete well, forward passes. Yeah. That Notre Dame fans feel like they just found Brady Quinn all over again. It's like, oh my God, we have someone who can pass the football. He's and the we have greatest mediocre quarterback of all time. Right. It's like, can you imagine just how excruciating it must have been to be a Notre Dame fan for the last couple of weeks? Just knowing that like you're just, you basically had Jordan Jefferson from the Ugh. LSU years. No, I saw and, him in national championship Alabama game. Yep. Yep. Uh, who could not cross the 50. They did line. not what get across the 50. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> good times. Uh, good entertainment. And uh, now they went from Jordan Jefferson to Danny Etling. And it feels like they went from... Jordan Jefferson to Tom Brady and you know what give him their moment because he passed for 325 yards they beat the living shit out of Wake and Wake fired their DC the next day yeah as I I I would do the same thing I mean granted you're Wake so I mean in reality look in the mirror and see who you are but I mean you did give up 56 points to a team who has been really hard on themselves on offense the past couple of weeks yeah. Um, Oregon lost at home being oh. a bunch to Stanford. And yeah. I still can't get a handle on Stanford. And now I'm seeing them pop up a lot this week in college football playoff talks and like, are they no. in the Pac-12? And I'm just like, eh. Slow eh, your roll on that. Slow. Like they need, people need to slow their roll. Like Stanford forgot to show up for the first two quarters of that game anyways. And the fact is they've been having a really hard time starting games for the first couple of weeks. And I'm just not totally convinced. Granted, they make plays when they need to make plays. And when it comes down to it, top four teams, you just got to figure out a way, figure out a way to win games. And that's what Stanford's been doing. But I, I just don't see them as one of the strongest teams in the country. But what a game that was. That was one of the best games of the entire year. The fact that Oregon basically went into winning formation and then fumbled the ball just blew my mind. It was the opposite of what Old Dominion did to Virginia Tech. Yes, where they actually went and ran the ball down yeah, their throats. They they're just like, no, I'm just going to score a touchdown and double up. That's what we're going to do instead. It was a strong power move. I, I appreciated it. Um, but yeah, pour one out for Oregon and Justin Herbert, who was really good in this game, and it sucks for Oregon to lose at home. I, well, I think Justin Herbert's stock went up for himself, though. He played himself right. a hell of a game. I really enjoyed, actually, for the first time in a long time, I really enjoyed watching Oregon football. Is that true? Oregon's yeah. always entertaining. I mean, they're entertaining. It's just a different style, style of football than what I'm used to. I'm used mm-hmm. to just... Which is boring, slow plotting, <laughs> like maybe we'll cross the 50 today, that kind of thing. Yeah, sure. I guess. Mm-hmm. I guess. I mean, you've been conditioned to just love the Hudson Masons, the Grayson Lambert. I knew that you would at least bring up like that 
period of time. I mean, if you're going to co- like complain about watching Oregon while simultaneously claiming to watch a bunch and enjoy a well, bunch of Well, I think of after the Marcus that- Mariota era for Oregon, it sort of fell off a little Ryan bit. Ryan Adams, Jeremiah Masoli. I mean, there's all kinds of names. Dennis Dixon back in the day. Like, they've never I mean, been not entertaining in our life. Don't hate me for not loving Oregon football. I mean, I just... I still love it. But, to, like, the one thing Oregon's always consistent at is being entertaining. I guess I just I really enjoyed this game this time. I thoroughly I I really enjoy. I watch college football because I love it, but I actually enjoyed this game this time. I really I like Justin Herbert. I liked Mm -hmm. CJ Verdell. Is that how you say his name? I liked him before he fumbled the ball. Yeah, that was winning winning formation. He's not Uh, Royce Freeman. Yeah, no, no, definitely not a Royce Freeman. Um, but you know, I think, I think that was a great game and going back. Okay. First off, we talked about wake and Notre Dame. Did you see, see that the kicker for wake forgot to show up for the field goal? I just wanted to mention that because that is definitely something if somebody has forgotten or hasn't seen it, definitely go back and watch the video of the wake kicker forgetting to show up for his field goal. Placeholder looking around. (laughs) It's so sad. And then he gets out there to kick it and then he misses it. It just mm-hmm. is poor freshman. He'll never live that down. But anyways, no, probably not. Um, yeah. And I feel like we should do 30 seconds on Mississippi state losing handedly yeah. on the road to Kentucky who now they, so Benny Snell is the all time touchdown leader for Kentucky football, which is pretty cool. And I mean, it's a really good moment for them, but it's also like one of those things where like Kentucky's dominance in the last couple weeks is like a huge indictment on Georgia. I feel like, and I, I don't want to feel like I'm railing against Georgia, but like, if Kentucky's the second best team in your division, what does that say about your division? Well, exactly. Like, it's, okay. it's so bad. Uh, well, I mean, yes, for Kentucky, it but, is so oh bad. But look at the SEC West, though. I mean, you're saying that Mississippi, Mississippi State was supposed to be one of the better chances to beat Alabama, and they just got boat raced by Kentucky. So maybe Kentucky just needs a little praise because Benny Snell is leading the SEC in rushing. So, I mean, that in itself is pretty impressive. So go Benny Snell. And um, Josh Allen is one of the best defensive players in football, and he had himself a game um, against Mississippi State. I I was very very surprised that Nick Fitzgerald could not get anything going. But the fact, the shocking fact of the entire game was how like few of yards that Mississippi State was able to score. I mean, it was under definitely under three hundred, mm-hmm. which. I mean, he can, so Fitzgerald passed for one forty five, and I don't believe that's true because I don't think he's ever passed for over sixty five. <laughs> well, I mean, he's more of a you know a Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott style like running running the ball, but I feel like that makes sense a hundred and something yards. Yeah, I don't know. Feels off to me. Feels like they the numbers have been juiced to make that loss look not as bad. Um, Texas Tech, who great story of the year. They might be my favorite story right now. Cliff Kingsbury, it seemed like he was number one on most people's, like, most likely to be fired this season. He's just been going six and six, six and six over and over again. It it just hasn't been working. The defense hasn't come together. And then he just goes into Stillwater and blows out Oklahoma State, who comes off a win where they ended Boise State's dream season the week before. Like, <laughs> it, I just, I feel like we can't understate just how insane it is that Texas Tech beat Oklahoma State 41-17 and that they have another quarterback who just looks like the next Patrick Mahomes and he's super young Alan Bowman um who is a freshman we should point out he has 1500 yards or he's like just two picks 76 it? completion percentage in that game which again also insane he's completing over 70 percent of his passes like he is 
just destroying people and uh it's it's cool that cliff kingsbury has another guy and that they're gonna be fun for the next couple years no texas tech is really fun to watch um i feel like alex bowman he like leads the category in like completion percentage or or something like that in the entire country he is but it's close i know he's top five He's definitely top five. First, third down incompletion. I know he's not perfect anymore. You know, who's also not perfect. Rodrigo Blankenship. He missed his first field goal on the season, but that's all right. Yeah. Everything has to come back to Georgia. (laughs) (laughs) No, but uh, Alex Bowman though, he's, he's a stud and I've really liked what Texas tech has been able to do. Um, And I think that they're going to continue to have some really big games this season. Yeah, I think so too. And I should mention Texas, they deserve credit for beating TCU. Uh, but let's not like, let's hold our cowboy hats and like Texas fans saying that they're back. Like you lost to Maryland the first game of the season and you barely, barely beat, well, you beat USC, who's not necessarily the USC of back in the good old days. So they just need to slow their roll, but they did beat and win um, an impressive one against TCU. I mean, that was a good game, but they, pretty much had it the entire time yeah i mean sam ellinger he looks more comfortable now i think this team especially is figuring out on defense and these are the kind of wins they have to win to like get people back in their favor like tom herman needed this win a lot and i just you know what it's it's cool i'm still not certain that tom herman is going to end up being a big upgrade over charlie strong long term but i will say that this is something that he had to do now yeah i just uh, i was very unimpressed by sean robinson for tcu yeah, a lot of hype before the season. Yeah, I mean, he, he had, is not been he, great. Yeah, he's had five turnovers in two weeks, the last two weeks. I mean, that's really rough. <laughs> Where were you when uh, Syracuse put 51 on UConn? Um, probably at work. Okay. <laughs> that happened, just to let you know. And Randy Edsel is <laughs> yeah. he walked out of a press conference this week um, when asked about uh, the job security of his defensive coordinator. He was giving up, like, let me check my notes. Yes, 9,000 points in four weeks. Oh man, yeah, not not good for that defensive coordinator. No, I noticed that. Um, good win though, good win. SMU, very good fourth down. I mean, a uh, two point conversion after uh, tying it up against Navy, and they went for two and got the win. Sunny Dykes. That's a big. That's a big feat to to beat a team like Navy. Coach ne- Nia Matalolo, is that correct? Can Nia. I have no idea yeah. how to pronounce his last name. Nia Matalolo. Matalolo. Right. Sure. That's a big win over him. Good mm-hmm. for SMU. Isn't it kind of weird? I was thinking about this when I was watching the Army-Hawaii game last week. Isn't it kind of strange that like Army is now like the premier service branch in football? Like Army. In our lifetime, they were so bad for yeah. 20 plus years. And now it just flipped really quickly where like they're the cream of the crop it's not air force who had a couple years there with their weird scheme and like their wishbone and everything else with calhoun who should have taken another good job by now like i don't know why he stayed at air force for as long as he has but whatever and uh you know army is just like they beat hawaii which no small (laughs) feat and then to just go on the road at oklahoma and have like 83 plays to Mm -hmm. oklahoma's like 27 um just insane and I, I don't know. It's just it's kind of cool to see like that flip. I, was, I, I like yeah. it, too. Yeah, I feel like I mean, it didn't just it more so recently happened. Right. That like like what, two years ago or a year ago where Army beat Navy for the first time in a really mm-hmm. long time. I, I think, think it was down at, down in Jacksonville, maybe. 
It might have been the year they played each other. Navy and Army played each other down in Jacksonville once one year. Really? Yeah, and I actually got yeah, and I actually got to go to that game. And I think it was that year that they sort of switched. But I I love Hmm. the fact that Army is being talked about as much as they are. I hate um, the type of offense that they run, and I think that's what really screwed up Lincoln Riley and the Sooners. It's sort of what happens to Georgia every year with Georgia Tech with. you know, sort of overlooking the type of study that really goes into the type of offense that they run. I think it really showed that Oklahoma was not as much prepared as what they needed to be. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think Bobby Petrino is getting fired this year. I was, I've had that as my notes. He is not lasting. I, he may not last through the season. They gave, I mean, they scored three points against Virginia. Granted, Virginia is better this year than they were a year ago, but like, they name co-starters at quarterback this week, and it's just like one of those desperation things where it's yeah. like, oh God, well, it's he's because run out of answers here. They are 125th in total offense, 115th in passing. That's the lowest numbers in Louisville history since 1991. It's not great. No, not at all. And I don't think it's going to get any better. I think if they, I think honestly, if Louisville loses this week in FSU, that Bobby Petrino may be got, maybe fired because of just how how much of a dumpster fire FSU is right now too. Who would be your number one pick to take over the Louisville job? Well, I know who the fans are calling for and I just literally laugh to myself all the time about it. They're wanting Hugh Freeze in Louisville. That guy. I'm like, you, okay, after you having to fire Rick Pitino, you want Hugh Freeze to come in and be your football coach. But it's sort of on par with all their hired, you know I mean? Bobby yeah. Petrino didn't have the cleanest record going to Louisville the second time. Mm-hmm. I um, it's still a good job. It's an ACC job. Like they have a history of winning. Like they can get to the Orange Bowl, that kind of thing. Like I don't think they'll. It's a. It it's it's kind of a Power Five job. It feels like TCU, where it's like they have a ceiling, but at the same about, time, like I feel like. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just got something something that came to my head. North Texas coach. Oh, Seth Luttrell, yeah. I, I mean, but he's the next Georgia Tech head coach, actually. Well, I think that or would be North Carolina. Yeah. The problem is he's not a sexy name and Louisville thinks that they deserve more than they probably should. But I think, like you said, it's a good job. I mean, it's a, it's they have the opportunity to be one of the better teams in the ACC. It's crazy to think that they may actually be one of the worst teams in the ACC this year. Could they get Charlie Strong back? Probably not. I would. Charlie Strong want to go go back did he part he parted ways on his terms because he went to texas after that yeah Yeah. so maybe i mean maybe but is that a better job than usf i I, guess so because you can't compete for a championship at usf so yeah i guess it's a step up i wouldn't mind i love charlie strong for the arkansas job you think yeah i well i don't think that uh chad morris is going to be there very long we'll see um not great start though not a great start for Chad Morris <laughs> no. in uh, Arkansas. Poor guys. Um, but yeah, Louisville, bad shape. It's just kind of crazy to see how – you never know. You never know when programs are just going to implode and you're like, well, oh, well, I mean, we a ha- complete reset. I just didn't realize how bad – I mean, or how great of a player maybe Lamar Jackson really was. That That they're really this bad now without him. I mean, I can't yeah. figure out – I think that has to be the only answer. I mean, Lamar Jackson was way better than I thought he was. Yeah, I mean Teddy Bridgewater. They've had stability yeah. at quarterback for years, and it's just how do you, ran out. I, I don't know how you miss on the recruiting chill like that. Like you would think that you would have a guy in place after you lose a Heisman winner. You would think, 
Um, is there any other news that we're missing that uh, we should talk about in well, college football right the now? The fact that Michigan beat Nebraska by 46 points at home. <laughs> I just, they're, Nebraska's playing a walk-on at quarterback, and I just, I don't care. Like, Scott, another team where I'm just like, you're two. We'll see. I know, okay. Martinez back, his own guys. Like, I'm, Do you I'm think that here. Michigan loses to Purdue this weekend? Because I think, or not Michigan, excuse me, Nebraska loses to Purdue this weekend because I think that ne- Probably, Nebraska yeah. goes 0-4. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think Jeff Brom gets his second I mean, to be win. Fair, yeah, Purdue is the best 1-3 team in the country. They are. Big win over Boston College. I mean, that really was a great win for them. Yeah, it, it was good. It was a under-the-radar game. It's good for Boston College to lose on a Friday. Because no one cared and no one knew. <laughs> so I think people are still going to talk up A.J. Dillon and, that, and Anthony Brown in that group. So good for them that they were able to avoid uh, the talking heads over the weekend. Um, Trevor Lawrence named the starters. Yeah. And Brian apparently had conversations about transferring with uh, um, Dabo Sweeney. Another guy who, like, in the right program, like, if you move to Oregon or just not necessarily a top four school, like, you just went somewhere top 10 to 12, like, he would just be celebrated. Like, if he even went to Florida, like, just... I think he would be really, really good. I, mean, I think, just... yeah. I think Kelly Bryant, I mean, think about it. Kelly Bryant took them to the college football playoffs last year. I mean, granted, they didn't get to where they were, you know, previously, but I mean, he's a good quarterback. Um, he's definitely not Trevor Lawrence. Now, Trevor Lawrence, as we have seen so far, is wow. He definitely was a five star, as what. He, you know, his recruiting status said he is definitely a top quarterback. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's, it's, we haven't seen as much as we've seen from Tua, but those two guys can read the field really well. Yeah. And I just feel bad for guys like Hertz and uh, Brian, but at the same time, when you pick a top four program in the country, this is what can happen. It can turn on a dime. Like there is no loyalty there. It's just next man up. And if you have a five-star behind you that wows the fans, like, Jake Fromm's now dealing with that with Fields, and uh, we'll see. I mean, this is a big week. Are they going to well, redshirt Fields? Yeah, so exactly. If he plays, mm-hmm. they're in real trouble. So I, I would assume that we don't see Fields again, if I had to bet. But at the same time, Georgia literally doesn't have anybody behind him. So I, I, I don't well, know. And and that's, and that's to your point, like you just said about Kelly Bryant transferring. With this new you know four-game redshirt rule, you can pretty much get away. Before these four games, like it happened to Auburn. They just had one of their top, I think, wide receivers decide that he's not going to be playing right. anymore, like after this last game um, or before this last game. And and so they've already had four players do that. So like with Kelly Bryant, it sort of scares me in a way. It's like the fa- the number of these kids that are going to be like, oh, I don't, I'm not getting the playing time I want or I'm not in the situation that I want, they're going to be hopping schools left and right. So this is going to be a trend that, I mean, obviously people need to keep an eye on because especially after week four, you know, red shirt rule applies. So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it, we'll see. Um, Alex Hornibrook, who I destroyed last week, um, passed a rating of 92.6 this week. So I should give him credit for that, right? Uh, I guess if you want to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> good player. I, I don't know. Wisconsin bounced back. Oh, no. and, I mean, they're fine. They're fine. Um, but now just uh, Ohio State lost Nick Bosa. Yeah, number, yeah, that's a big a that's a big loss for them. Thankfully, they have a bunch of other four and five stars to replace them with. Yeah, but it's not it's not Bosa. <laughs> I just KJ that, that, Hill, Paris Campbell, J.K. Dobbins. No, but Bosa Michael is Jordan is their center, which can't go wrong there. Yeah, Michael Jordan under center. Um, <laughs> I think we're over analyzing. Like it's gonna hurt, especially because Miles Sanders is. He's not Saquon Barkley, but he's like 
85% Saquon Barkley, which is enough for Penn State to still be really, really good. And I mean, this game is going to be crazy because I mean, the last time Ohio State was in Happy Valley, they lost in a brutal upset. And these games are always crazy. But um, they also JT Barrett. And uh, the idea that Dwayne Haskins is losing to Trace McSorley. Yeah, I can't see it. I can't wrap my head around it. No, I can't either. I think Ohio State's going to make a statement against Penn State. And I think we're going to see that Penn State isn't really what we assume them to be either. Yeah. Um, Swinney, though, he said on his his conversation with Bryant, it was emotional. This is going to be a trend. Like, these coaches are just going to – you could tell it bothered Saban with Tua. Um, It's – Kirby's going to have to do the same thing at one point with Fromm and Fields. Like, you're just going to see this over and over again where these, like, superstar coaches are going to have to pull their good but not great quarterback to the side and be like, I I, I, I don't want to do this, but um, we got to move on. It's just like when Coach Taylor had to uh, bench Matt Saracen in favor of J.D. McCoy where it's just like you watch him in practice and you're like, oh, yeah, I, I just – I can't in good conscience not put the better player because you're hurting the team by not putting the better player on the field. And uh, Well, and I think as an athlete, you have to understand the aspect of competition. Like, I mean, that's what it is. The best player is going to be out there on the field. And I'm not saying for necessarily, you know, Kelly Bryant, because I don't think he's that type of way at all. But for a lot of these kids, it's been like either daddy ball or, you know, you've been a five-star recruit and you've been like pampered your whole life because you've been a great player and this and that. So for a lot of these players, it's like... it's a slap in the face. You know, it's like this whole, like looking at themselves in the mirror, sort of panic attack. And I don't think that's Kelly Bryan at all. Cause I think, I think he's very, I think he's a great guy, but I mean, you just wonder from that type of aspect, you know, a lot of these guys are five-star players. So um, just mentally what that does to them going forward. Yeah. Do you think uh, Tua Tagovailoa's push to get NCAA football back is going to, become a fruitful endeavor for him uh yeah no 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 i don't know why these players want this this is like one of those things where i feel like i as a person who played those games i understand the desire to get them back but if you just think about the absurdity of having a college sports game where all these guys their likeness is being used in that capacity and just not having their names in the back like i i just well, I mean, they already make all this, like, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars off them anyways. Why not do a game? Uh, that, there you go. I mean, you go super cynical, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, seriously. I mean, what's the difference? Right? Yeah. I'm kind of out on video. I haven't played a video game in years now, so I'm probably not the right person to talk about this. But at the same time, I just, I don't know. I mean, I here's like the thing. one of those things that should never come back. We should never have college video games well i mean i'm bet like during when i use fanduel on you know i use fanduel for nfl and everything else and they are now doing college football betting again where i get to pick an entire football team based on a roster and i think that that should not be allowed i mean the fact that i can Mm -hmm. bet on a college football game like that and players could do that but they can't play a, a actual video game of themselves like i think that's just weird yeah you know what's weirder? That Alabama is a 49-point favorite over Louisiana Lafayette this week. <laughs> Not weird at all. Um, Did they break it? Did they hit the over 50? Oh, they, absolutely. They, 50? Okay. they probably, I mean, they're probably going to at least No respect for 55. the Raging Cajuns, whose head coach is Billy Napier, who I want to say was on Nick Saban's staff at one point, but he was the OC at Arizona State who declined to stay on with Herm Edwards and took the Raging Cajun job instead. So I like Herm Edwards. Um, Oh, yeah, I mean, he's fine. 
Um, yeah, no, I think 49 points is very kind. I think, I think if Alabama wanted to, they could put up 70. Okay. That's probably true. Um, <laughs> you can get tickets for as low as $10. Oh, well, I don't know if that's something I want to go see, but more power to okay. you, T-Town. Just to be clear, Jordan, at the top of this program, pointed out that she spent part of her Saturday watching a stream of Kennesaw <laughs> State, but no time for an Alabama versus... No, Bay I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I would not... I not, No... Mm. no um, I, I'm not trying to be mean to Kennesaw State because we mm. know I love my Georgia teams, but I'm not going to right. Kennesaw State game and I'm not going to go to Bama versus uh, the Raging Cajuns. So uh, I'm just not going to games in general because like it's a whole day thing. Like that's yeah, part and of the then, reason I'll never end up going is that you miss all the uh, other games. Exactly. Like, it's a whole can't day endeavor. No, can't do that. That's not worth No amount of pictures, no amount of friends, no amount of you know, beer will get me to leave my couch on a college football unless I'm summoned to work. Speaking of, how was the, um, we didn't get a Jordan DeArmond, uh, fireball, everything else, uh, <laughs> update this weekend. Um, well, I am drinking a revolution brewing anti-hero India pale ale right now. It's okay. brewed in Chicago. It's brewed in Chicago. It's an IPA, 6.7% alcohol. It's very good. Mm. Cheers. There you go. Are you wearing a flannel as you're describing this drink? No, no, I'm actually wearing a shirt with a dog face on it. It's a chihuahua. That's very surprising. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Who could have ever foreseen that? <laughs> yes, uh, that is what I'm currently doing. I'm just, you know, as always, just drinking a beer, chatting about football. Again. Yeah. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do, Chase. I just, I want this podcast to be good enough where you don't feel compelled to crack open an IPA <laughs> right in the middle of it. So good. So good. So good. Mm. Okay. Um, do you want to do games? So we yeah. should qualify. This third part of the segment for this weekly show, we're going to do break it up into two pieces where it's like the power five, the games that everybody should see that we care the most about. And then like the group of five where it's like, eh, you can miss this, but this intrigues us. So who do you have first on your power five? Like this is a must see that you will be watching no matter what. Um. Well, I'm going to have to go with, um, hold on a second. Got my list right here. Um, I'm going to go with Florida at Mississippi state. I think okay. that, I think that this is just a, a, it's a much watch because of just the play from Florida. I think, uh, with Felipe Franks, seeing him the way that he was able to play against Tennessee and the way that Dan Mullen has his, his players playing for him right now. I think that Florida's on the upswing while Mississippi state is on the downswing. I'm interested to see if Mississippi state is as good as everybody thought, or if it was just sort of a folk's tale. Mm. Yeah, I, that's on my list of games that I want to monitor, but I think it's on uh, a More, lot of other compelling games at that time. But like I will say, Dan oh, see, I don't, I don't game. have like game times in front of me, so that's just one that I wanted to make sure that I was going to see go on. I mean, Mississippi State coming off a loss, I think, hurts Florida because Florida's coming off this emotional big road win against Tennessee, right. and you know, I, I just, I can't pick a Dan, against Dan Mullen here. And as a big Dan Mullen stan, I. Uh, 
I I think they'll be fine. But yeah, I will I, say it's yeah. a little bit a little bit nerve wracking. People just overreacted to that Kentucky loss because Kentucky's a lot better than people realize, and just the fact that they've beaten them so many years in a row kind of clouded people's judgment as to what Kentucky could do this year. And you know they're they're better than they've ever been, maybe. And uh, it's fine. Losing to Kentucky is not a bad loss in 2018, and I think Kentucky, I mean uh, Florida, is a lot better than people realize. So we'll see. Um, but uh, my first game, Ohio State, Penn State, Texas Tech. Oh, no. Texas, Texas Tech. Tech, West Virginia. So we forget that this is all about entertainment. Will Greer versus <laughs> our guy, 12 o'clock, just to get things started. Like, I think that's the going to, if I had to predict which game is the most insane from Saturday, it's this game. Who are you going with? Oh, you can't go against Will Greer. I, I You're going against it. Really? Just because it's at home. I think this is like one of those things where Texas Tech is, I mean, they started out three and one last year too, which I didn't realize. So that kind of worries me because we know how the rest of their season unfolded. I just, I don't know. Like there's something West Virginia feels like they're going to lose one of these games. They should not lose. And it's unfortunate, but I I love their defensive coordinator that they've had for several years now, who's kind of under the radar and it's going to get a, a better job at some point. But I love Will Greer. I just think this has the recipe for like these games are always weird. If you go back to the history, the last couple of years of Dana Holgerson versus Kingsbury and guys before him, like these games are always just weird. And I really, really love the way Texas Tech is playing. And this is going to blow up in my face because I know I can't. Yeah. Yeah. You can't go again. I can't go against Will Will Greer. Just watch this game. It's my bigger thing. No, 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 no. Yeah. Too much about who's going to win. Just enjoy the fact that this is going to be like 56 to 49. No, it's definitely going to be a high-scoring game because when it comes to each team's weakness, it's both of their defenses. So okay. I'm, yeah, I'm all in on that game for sure. Number two for you. Well, yeah, let's restart with number one because now that we're going with like top top games that I'm going to see, I, I mean, Penn State, Ohio State is my number one overall. Okay. Um, I mean, like Same we talked time as a very big Notre Dame game. Yeah, that's going to be an important game too. See, and I've got to get better about flipping back and forth on like my thumbs. Like they start to just, my fingers start to hurt after a while. I'm not a, I'm not a flipper. As we've yeah, talked I know about. we've like, talked I watch, about that. I have to watch all at once and then I'll watch everything I need to later. Like I, you don't get a good feel. That's why I hate the resident channel and I'm not a flipper. You don't get yeah. a good feel of the game. No, that's true. I just, I think that we're going to see what type of team that Ohio state is with Dwayne Haskins and, um, I think we're going to see what type of team Penn State isn't. I, I don't think, I mean, I know you said he's probably like, what, 80% Saquon Barkley, Miles Sanders is, but I don't yeah. think that, I think we're going to see truly the missing equation of Penn State football, which is Saquon Barkley this week with Ohio State. I think they just go off. I think Ohio State wins big. Yeah. I really do. I, yeah, I know I think it's, it's kind of weird to be a rivalry game, but it's just, just because it's a rivalry game, it's on primetime, doesn't mean it cannot end up in a blowout, especially like if... Uh, Trace McSorley just throws a couple bad picks early and they kind of just like, you know, they're going to rally on defense without Nick Bosa for one week where it's oh, like, yeah. oh, we lost this relentless guy on the edge. And like Greg Sean is still a very good defensive coordinator and they're going to figure things out. And I just think that they're going to, they're going to be really, really tough. And I think they're going to be motivated. They're going to be like, cause this is their season really. Cause I think they're they're not really worried about Michigan. They're not worried about Shea Patterson over there in Michigan. They're not worried about Michigan state. They're not worried about anybody else in the big 10 before the playoff who they're worried about is Penn state. That's basically it. I mean, I guess Iowa fans could get annoyed by that, but like they have <laughs> them losing right. back to back to Iowa who has um, shout out to podcast. Ain't play nobody who suggested that, and not even just suggested that demanded 
rather that uh, Ole Miss and Iowa should have to play in a bowl game this year because Ole Miss has the number one offense in the country and uh, Iowa, I think, has the number one uh, defense. And they also have like the bottom five defense and the bottom five offense. So it's just the unbelievable parallels between the two of them. It's, it would just be must-see because Iowa's offense is atrocious. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really hard to Ole watch. Miss's defense is unbelievably bad. What and, was that uh, Iowa State-Iowa so score? Wasn't it like... Nine to three, four. Something around that. Something around mm-hmm. that. Yeah. No, I think it was like seventeen to thirteen or something yeah. like that. I want to say. Um. But yeah, Ohio State, Penn State, must see. Um. Number the. Uh, oh, I have to say Notre Dame, Stanford. Yeah, I was I'll just probably watch that, it in yeah. the morning. Sunday morning is when I'm going to watch this because at the same time, and Ian Book first big test. The KJ Costello versus Ian, Ian Book, Book. Matchup that everybody has to see. I think this is going to be an awful game. I, think I will go ahead and say that. Yeah, it's not going to be a pretty game because I don't think, well, obviously, I mean, Ian Book is, this is going to be his first, I mean, true test, you know, but I think KJ Costello has already been put through the ringer with the Oregon win last week. I think this may prove to be a more easy task in a way, um, just because. I mean, you're not playing in Eugene. I know you're playing, you know, at Notre Dame, right? Are they at Notre Dame? They are at Notre yeah. Dame. Yeah. Yes. So what's, that's still a tough place to play. But I feel like Eugene is just the type of environment that I would not want to play in if I was an athlete. So I think coming off that game, Stanford remains strong and beats Notre Dame. What do you think? What a brutal back-to-back. Yeah, Eugene that is. That is. I mean, really, those are some of the two toughest places to play in college football. Can you imagine McGarity ever accepting some kind of back-to-back oh. slot like that? Uh, heck no, no. No. Uh-uh. Just one appearance to South Bend was enough. <laughs> nope. And he had to get Oregon on a neutral site? Yeah, well, I mean, a ne- neutral site games are always fun. But yeah, heck. Ban neutral site games. I'm so adamantly opposed to neutral site regular season <sighs> Why? games. Why? You're fans allowing. Lose a game. I, I mean, not really. You're allowing fans to make a trip and go see a team, too. Or maybe there's fans in other cities where they play teams that they have a chance to go see their team rather than drive to a different state to do it. No, thanks. I think these games, like the biggest appeal of college football, I think outside of just different like all all the different schemes you see is the it, just the ambient. atmosphere like, well i mean yeah. i agree with that because georgia going to notre dame like i mean you saw the amount you, of fans it was a that, better game because they right. were in south bend yeah and georgia fans they you know they travel well so it was like it wasn't a problem that they were going up there and that people were going up there specifically you know solely for the experience of being at Bucket notre dame thing. Yeah. And so like for Eugene, like not being able to, that does bother me a little bit, like not playing in Eugene, like that would be a game where I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, mark that on my calendar. Sort of like when Georgia goes down to play in Baton Rouge, like that's always a game that somebody wants to go see because it's Death Valley. So yeah. Well, I mean, just like out of conference stuff more so than anything, like the Ohio State game, if they had to play at TCU, it would have been even more interesting without Urban at TCU on the road, all that kind of stuff. Like it's just... I don't like it's so commercialized to a point where it's like we have bowl games for a reason and the I'm okay with the conference title games and the bowl games being neutral but I don't think any other regular season game should be neutral I just think they should all be somewhere if you want to do a home and home for everybody that's totally fair and I understand all of that but like just taking a home game away from certain teams because certain teams have to lose a home game so fans are just kind of screwed in that regard and even students are where they're oh, like, yeah, they're, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm just not a fan. Uh, next up on my list, you're not going to believe this. Must see. Ole Miss at LSU. Ole Miss is winning this game. I have Ole Done Miss deal. winning this game. Winning this game. 
Jordan Te'amu. He's he's gonna go. Here's the thing: LSU secondary is what you can you can like target. Mm, uh, they have pass a re- defense. They have Adams two yeah. who ruined Auburn's season already. Um, I know. Diplett. Diplett. What is his name? Something. Um, I think it's something like Diplett. But he is a monster. And yeah, but here's the thing with with Ole Miss. They've gotten. I mean, obviously they've got AJ Brown, but they've got more wide receivers than just AJ Brown. I mean, they have DJ Metcalf. 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 Yeah. Um, he had a huge catch this past weekend. I mean, like, so yeah, LSU's got one guy that's Jamal Adams, but can they be able to stop it? One of the best passers in the SEC with some of the best wide receivers in the SEC. I mean, I know Ole Miss got blown out by Alabama, but Alabama is Alabama. And Joe Burrow, I don't think he has yet to throw over 200 yards. Yeah, he was. The one thing I will give people credit for in Joe Burrow's analysis is that he shows poise. Like he is someone who's not scared of the moment. He's a good game manager. Yeah, he's a good game manager. But he's like one of those quarterbacks that um, if you lose to him, you just you you want to stop watching sports (laughs) because you're like, I don't understand. Like a Danny Etling. Yeah, it doesn't compute where you're like. This guy's not good. How are we not like what what is happening here? How are we in this game? How are they driving down the field about to win this game? How are they getting a pass interference called out? Like he is so frustrating. It's one thing to lose to a transcendent quarterback or even just like, I I don't know. I imagine like people who are losing to Nick Marshall were just as annoyed of like this guy can't pass. He's just like doing all kinds of crazy stuff and it it just works. He was a DB like a year ago. How is this happening? uh, Yeah, exactly. But you have to like Ole Miss people forget too. They beat Texas Tech who we were just talking about. They beat Texas Tech 47 to 27 to open the season. So like it's that Bama stink where it's like getting blown out by Bama. Well, I mean, and that shows uh, how good Bama is, I think. And then I think this game will show a little bit more of just the lopsidedness of what Alabama is doing to college football, truly. Because I think this game's going to be a good game, but I think Ole Miss comes away with the win easy. I like that we're on the same page here. I would not have guessed that you would have gone. How, well, I don't uh, like Ole to get. Here. I don't like to go against my Tigers because, but I just I don't necessarily believe that their wins over Auburn and Miami are as big as what we think that they are. All right, let's do our group of five games where it's like we're interested but everybody else may not be interested they're not must see but they're intriguing to us um you're number one here dumpster fire of the weekend fsu louisville <laughs> okay that okay it's sucked last it's, year too well, i don't know if you remember that game last year god. it was not good because will blackman played in that game oh my like gosh and they were just mm-hmm. so putrid offensively where people weren't sure fsu sucked yet and then after that game they were like oh this is this is bad FSU is really bad. <laughs> no, and that's how I think it's going to be this week. I think we're going to see just how bad. I think potentially if Louisville gets blown out by a horrific FSU, I think Bobby Petrino will lose his job. But I'm going to go with FSU on this one just because it's hard for me to go against DeAndre Francois and Cam Akers. Um, it's been, I mean, it's going to be a dumpster fire. Nobody's really going to care. But if you want to watch a team probably cry their eyes out after a game, it's probably going to be this one because... Um, it, both teams suck and they've been at a Co- point starting quarterbacks what could go wrong yeah yeah um it's just really bad situations for both teams so if you want a good laugh i guess that's the best way to say it watch that yeah. dumpster fire oh my god uh, yeah that's a good pick but um <laughs> i'm not gonna hate watch that sneaky game of the week friday night colorado undefeated hosting ucla i like, I like it circled as like a potential upset like this is gonna be one of those like Boston, what UCLA? You think yeah, UCLA well, may pull up the upset? I have UCLA here. 
Really? Chip Kelly's not going 0 and 12. I, and I don't think Colorado's as good as advertised. And I, I like Steven Montez. He's fine. He's a, he's a fine quarterback. He's not the best player. They have a Heisman contender whose name, another guy, cannot pronounce his name. He wrecked Nebraska a couple weeks ago. And he's kind of like Philip Lindsay times two. Okay. And I cannot think of his name. Philip Lindsay, didn't he? He got ejected from the Broncos. Are we talking about the same Philip Lindsay? Yes. Yeah. Number 30, who asked for permission from Terrell Davis to use his number. Yes. He got he got ejected in the, the last Broncos game for throwing a punch in the pile. I only know that because I had him on my FanDuel team and he got ejected. So. Lavishka Chenault. Lavishka Chenault. Oh, He's all right. He's six feet tall, 195 pounds. He is an absolute specimen. He's so, like Darren Sproles on the edge. So is it's he incredible. the number two guy? I'm confused because I thought Montez was the go. I'm, I mean, no. Like they're, The guy who puts all of this in motion is Lavishka Chenault. Mm-hmm. He is... I just... After we're done recording, just I'm going to send you some like him. He's already Lavishka been added to the Frank, Chenault. But, is he Russian? No. Very... I, no. No, it just sounds. It might like not be Lavishka. It may be Lavishka. <laughs> I I don't know, but it's I, I don't know. Okay, I'm well, assuming it's Lavishka, but you know what? I'm gonna get some hate for not knowing this guy's first name. It's, it's all right as long that. as you're giving him some love on the. I mean, I I now know who he is. So all right, so the Colorado. But you're seriously thinking that Chip Kelly's gonna win this game? I don't think they've been so a lot. This is like one of those things where it's an under the radar, a bunch of young guys. They're not scared of Colorado. Um, Colorado is probably overlooking them. They're thinking they're back on track with Mike McIntyre. They're undefeated. They won in Nebraska. Everything's great. And then UCLA, who still has a very good quarterback, who has not, like, even though his dad has been uh, very not happy. Oh, Dorian Thompson Robinson, right? Yes. That five-star quarterback who didn't play quarterback until his senior season in high school. Right. And he is a better quarterback than Steven Montez. And no, I, I think, agree. Yeah, 100%. Um. It's uh, it's gonna be fine. I mean, their backup quarterback just transferred, which well, is not good. Devin Monster, <laughs> right? <laughs> so yeah, no, he was Dorian not Thompson happy. Stay healthy. I just, I think that it's gonna be. Hard. I mean, they're both coming off bye weeks, right? So that's gonna give them time to sort of, you know, rejuvenate themselves. But I, I just don't know how a freshman quarterback is gonna go in and do that. I mean, Dorian Thompson Robinson is like, he was the second dual threat quarterback coming in in last year's draft class, it's the second behind Justin Fields. So he's a, he's a top of the line guy but i think his dad's right i wonder if like the system's even right for him because it takes a while chip kelly does not run an easy offense i mean it's very it's it's a tough offense to learn especially coming out of high school with only one starting year under your your belt i just i don't know if he could do it against colorado but maybe he does coach no, he does. I, just, I like, agree. Just yeah. Back off. Like if you're a dad, you're not helping this kid. Well, at all. like it's the same. It's amazing that it's, this is happening to UCLA. It's over and the over LeVar like ball family. Yeah. It's yeah. LeVar ball syndrome. It just it, stay out of it. Right. Like helicopter parents stay out of it. You're not making things better for this kid. Right. It's only going to make him believe that he's better than whatever he's worth. And he's got to transfer schools five different times and not end up anywhere. That's just you me being pessimistic. Playing <laughs> under a top five college football coach. Yeah. Let him figure it out. Give him time. Hey. Chip Kelly, he knows offense. I think he can figure things out with, uh, he made, I mean, if you just go up and down the list of the quarterbacks he turned into passable at Oregon, it's it's absurd. So I would just, I would be careful with just uh, throwing Chip Kelly under the bus at UCLA in year one. Just uh, maybe, maybe take it easy. Uh, number three for you. I like Duke versus Virginia Tech. 
they're on my list, but they didn't make it now that Josh Jackson's out for maybe the season. Well, I just want to see sort of like the sad story of Virginia Tech continue. I like Justin Fuente and actually just a shout out to Justin Fuente because he's had to dismiss a lot of guys from the 2017 roster, guys that were, you know, there before he got there. Really good, talented guys. But when it came down to holding like Virginia Tech standards, I don't think he puts I don't think he puts up with anything. So he lets these guys go. So shout out to Justin Fuente for just putting your foot down. But Duke is like in they're ranked along with Kentucky, which is like the first. Undefeated. Yeah, which the, but both of them are in the same AP poll for the first time since 1957. I just want to throw that out there. That's really sad slash impressive. But I think Duke wins this big. I think that they go in and Virginia Tech's sorrows continue. I really oh, wow. Yeah. Very cynical tonight, Jordan. Uh, maybe that's, yeah. Maybe so. I, I, it doesn't sound like Georgia, Tennessee is going to make your list. Um, I mean, well, that's my on my personal list just because I would love right. to see like a 41 to nothing repeat of last year. Um, that's in play. Yeah, no, that's totally possible because Jared Grunt- Guarantano had Garantano had what six turnovers so I mean George and Georgia likes it and here's the thing though Florida is leading I think the nation in turnovers right now I think they have 14 um so Todd Grantham special I don't like Todd Grantham so we won't go there but Georgia fans uh, really hate him yeah, he's it's really just, weird to me it's not weird it's not weird at all. Like Brian Schottenheimer. No, I, I just I don't agree yeah. with that. I think Brian Schottenheimer would be hated just as much as Todd Grantham if he was there for at least two seasons. <laughs> I have a theory on why people hated Todd Grantham. Why? He it's a two part theory. One, he came from the pros and he got this outrageous hype because it was like, oh, he coached defensive line cowboys. He's like supposed to be this genius from the pros. And then how much he got paid? Because I want to say he got paid like a top five DC right away. And it was like it, he was just under a microscope from the get-go and it was like he's good he's just not like uh kirby smart defensive he's not sam Pittman of the offensive line right sure <laughs> it always has yeah. to just go back you know but uh yeah, yeah i just I, I don't like todd grantham i think that your theory is maybe correct and the fact that he would give up like i don't know like 40 points a game sometimes and He's just a reckless defense. It's like one of those where he blitzes all the time. It's like Greg Williams of college to me, where it's a lot of like you're going to give up a lot of yards, a lot of bad plays. You're going to get burned all the time, but then you're going to have like seven sacks and you're going to have a lot of guys who get paid like Jarvis Jones and guys off the edge. Oh, just mm, really good. good. Days. Like I think yeah. he helps certain guys, but I understand why he would not be every Georgia fans cup. Of no, time. and that's why like, I'm okay with him at Florida. Totally okay with that. <laughs> Uh, Southern Miss at Auburn is not something I would uh, encourage anyone to watch, by the way. Oh, maybe it might be a close game. You never know. Okay. No, no. I know. I'm just Um, kidding. um, My number four outside of Hawaii at San Jose State, which is just unbelievably obvious. (laughs) I won't let you. Oregon at Cal. Oregon, coming off a bad home loss travels immediately to an undefeated Cal team who is ranked 24th right who, now. Who also beat BYU. Right. Um, just to, like, Justin Wilcox is, like, one of those guys flying under the radar. Like, that Cal program was in disarray before he came in, and Sonny Dykes just left, and, like, the whole, I don't know if you've read much about their, like, athletic department and just how much debt they're in, and, like, there was talk of, like, losing the football team, and now wow. top 25, and he's figured things out, and they have a great OC that they pulled in, I want to say, from Eastern Washington, and 
you know, like it's just fun. It makes sense. They're getting the players. Like it was still kind of weird that Demetrius Robinson would leave that system for a system like Georgia, but you know, he wanted other, to be there's... close to home. Right. You can't other, blame him. Yeah. Right. Um, it, from on the field stuff is what I'm talking right. about here. Yeah. Where it's like if they're if everything's the same off the field, there's no reason for that kid to leave. No, he. I mean, he's he was the number one wide receiver, and he's coming, and he's now not even seen playing time right now. So, I just I hope he gets at least one catch. No, he he no. Well, he's already had a catch. No, he has not. I thought he had a catch in the second game of the year or the first no, game. That was of a year. running play. Ah, mm. Mm. well, I mean, he he'll get one. I mean, he had that one. I mean, that was a I long. That was a long, and like I said, Tyler Simmons is out for UGA this week. So mm-hmm. I think it's just him getting to know the playbook. I mean, like when you've got five-star talent all the way down your roster, plus guys that have already been in the system, I mean, it's going to be a little bit, but regardless. Does Cal- Trey Godwin get a catch this year? Uh, I don't know. He's hurt again, yeah. I think. His knee is in bad shape. It's yeah. kind of like, what is with these Georgia like superstars who just have horrible knee problems? Like Sonny Michelle looks like his knee's already gone at new england and uh i don't know i i feel bad i hope hargrave it doesn't happen to him because he's he's fun to watch no he is he is one of the most like electrifying players in college football like when he gets the ball i it's it's fun yeah he's a track star so makes sense Uh, you don't hear that enough on broadcast yeah um but yeah cal Cal? must watch you have to watch that so who do you who do you have i mean do you have cal oregon uh, I have. I yeah. don't see them losing back to back like that kind of heartbreak. That just, I think this might be sneaky close, but I still think Cal's a little overachieving, and they're just not quite there to beat Justin Herbert. Yeah, I, I, I like Justin there. Herbert. I really it's a good like matchup though because Cal's yeah. defense is one of the nation's best, and I believe they're. I want to say they're top ten in yards allowed per play. So good for them, but I don't think they're beating Oregon. But it's a good ten thirty. Like if you're still up, I would watch that game. I'm totally going to. All right, last one up for you. Oh, man. Uh, what about Baylor OU? Yeah, I hope OU wins by 70. I, uh, I'm, i like, Baylor concerned. I, here's the thing. Game. I'm, like, uh, I don't know. I'm, con- I'm concerned for Oklahoma after that last week's game. I know Army's better than what people give them for, but if you're the number five team in the country, you should not be playing close to, to Army. It was really just Army the way they play, where they just had keep away. Yeah, like they literally I know. just had the ball for eighty three plays. Like the time of possession was the only reason Oklahoma did not blow them out. Like and Army's game plan was just perfect for them. Right. I don't, I'm just I'm not worried because Kyler Murray's numbers, like even right. when getting pressured, are remarkable. And I was and... I was watching him just running, like him just break away, you know, just for long runs. He is one of the most like beautiful runners in college football right now. Like. Mm-hmm. I I didn't even realize like the whole Oakland Athletics like drafting him. He's basically being paid four million dollars to play football at Texas or at Oklahoma. Well, he hasn't been paid yet. And that's well, like no, one of the but concerns right. is if he gets hurt. Before. Did you see? Did you see the Oakland Athletics Twitter? Twitter or they tweeted out like a a gif of or gif gif of it's gif is okay, We're not well, savages here. All right, yeah. perfect. Yes, uh, they tweeted out a gif of like just some like bouncy balls that had. Um, just like some padding around them and they were like rolling around everywhere and they were like, I wish that Kyler Murray's um, uniforms looked like this because I think they're freaking out that he's going to get injured because he, you know, he's a, he's a dual threat. So um, yeah, I know he hasn't been paid yet, but he's basically being paid $4.5 million to play. Just he's a better one year. person than I am because 
once I got drafted in the first round by the A's, I would have said, okay, Oklahoma, goodbye. Okay, goodbye. Yeah. Good luck with everything. That's the thing. Like Lincoln Riley said his family's come like follow through with everything, you know, like I guess, you know, he didn't even play baseball this past summer. He spent the time with the football team. So it says a lot about him as a teammate, an athlete, an overall person. Um, But yeah, you can't really bet against Kyler Murray. But I, I think that it's definitely a must watch just because Kyler Murray's in Heisman talks. So. Heisman's weird right now because I really don't have a feel. I think if I had to, I would I say to somebody right now, I really don't think the voters going to want to give it to him. Well, of course they don't want to give it to another Alabama player, but like, how do you not? Just because Kyler Murray is like the most fun to watch, maybe. Well, why? Because Alabama like blows out their opponents where it's not fun. When was the last time Oklahoma had back-to-back Heisman winners? That might be a detriment to him. It's not his fault, but that that might be something that's in... Uh, I feel like they did not do it. Jason well, White, who else won for them? I just think it's going to be hard for Oklahoma if they don't have the type of year, which they are having the type of year that they did last year. But I just wonder... And his numbers were, before week four, were right on par with Baker. So, mm-hmm. but I just... You know, with Will Greer, with all these big name quarterbacks, I just wonder if he's able to sort of outlast the hype. That's fair. Um, who gets fired first, Larry Fedora or Bobby Petrino? Bobby Petrino. Okay. I think they both get fired within like the next three weeks. Yeah, it's poor. I, I'm not even going to say poor any of them because they were getting paid million dollars to suck it up. So, um, but North Carolina is just really, I, I mean, night and day difference of this program of what it was past couple years yep not great but um north carolina should be interesting to see who they can get in the post larry fedora era who knows um jordan diarman did we miss anything else this week i think we got pretty much everything we hit a home yeah. run for sure this is a football podcast <laughs> we we pick six all the way there you go good let's get some more cliches any more <laughs> uh n- uh no i'm running on empty i, I need to go fill mm. up my my revolution Okay. How excited are you for Cubs playoff season? I'm ready, baby. Braves too. Bring it on. Okay. Where does your allegiance lie? Like if you get Cubs and uh, Braves in the NLDS? Oh, well, I have to go Braves. But like the Braves have completely just proved me wrong. I just jumped ship like, I don't know, last season. Actually, when they traded Jason Hayward, I stopped watching Cub. I mean, Braves baseball. So... I'm now rejoining the crew. I'm hopping back on the bandwagon. I am Braves all the way. But once the Cubs defeat the Braves in the championship series, I'll probably be Cubs. Okay. <laughs> Jordan DeArmond, thank you as always for the time. I appreciate it. We can find you on Twitter at Jordan DeArmond. We can listen to you on the radio. Where can they listen to you this week? Uh, well, you can go to radio.com and you can search for WBBM News Radio. I will be on 15 and 45 on the hour on Saturday and Sunday night. All right. Go listen to Jordan because I'm sure you've not gotten enough of Jordan on this podcast. So it's just more and more in Jordan Yarman this week. It will never get enough, right? It's only going to make your week better. All right. Well, I, I, <laughs> jury's still out. I don't know. This is what, week three of us doing this? Week so three. We'll see. I haven't made up my mind on you yet. Uh, maybe one day. One day. Jordan Yarman, thank you. All right, Chase.